Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. In 2006, director James Cheeks III and photographer Kevin Campbell set out to Long Beach to capture its thriving skateboard scene in the aftermath of a gang shooting that ended the life of one of the city's most promising skaters. On the Grind follows a diverse group of skaters who are elevating themselves out of poverty with their passion of skateboarding. The skaters practice in a skate park located in the middle of a war zone where drugs, violence, and homelessness run rampant. And over the past three years, the filmmakers have discovered compelling stories of loss, loyalty, and brotherhood that transcend Long Beach. This documentary will prove to be an artifact of the urban skate phenomenon, while providing hope for communities struggling to keep its youth from the undertow of gang violence. Skateboarding isn't just some suburban sport. It's a means of survival. James Cheeks III, welcome to A Measure of Truth. 
James, are you there? No, this is Lena Johnson, Michael Green's grandmother, oh, Black Mike's grandmother. I see. Okay. Um, I guess we still don't have him on yet. Um, no. Um, wow. Mama Black is my daughter. I see. Okay. Well, and I, I was trying to uh, – go ahead. Well, go ahead and hang in there. We'll just start the show, and we'll talk with um, the the subject matter of this film is the the story of Black Mike, and it's really yes. interesting because um, I actually went online today to, to just to check and just to Google to hear what people are still saying about this tragedy that happened so long ago, back in 2006, and people yes. are still wanting to know just what happened. Um, Mrs. King, let's start with you. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm doing great. I'm proud to hear uh, about my grandson. <laughs> Michael Green is my grandson. And um, I never met Tony Hawks, but I did take his picture while he was on TV. <laughs> Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I took his picture. Oh, <laughs> I just okay. wanted to call and be able to. T- I thought Laura would be on, my daughter. Mm-hmm. Mama Black, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Okay, and we want to speak with you now about your son, and just tell us a little bit about the um, the background that led up to um, this tragic event, because things were going very well for your son. Um, I'm Miss Loretta King. I'm Michael Green's mom. Hi, mom. I thought we would go first, but you're there. Um, what, what ended up happening? Michael um, wanted to be a skater and travel around the world and ended up going with the ice cream team with Pharrell Williams. And what mm-hmm. happened as he came back to Long Beach once he signed the contract to skateboard and was an innocent bystander taking his shoes off from skateboarding and mm-hmm. was gotten killed in an ambush in Long Beach, California due to gang violence. Oh, wow. And um, we, we're going we're gonna to come back and explain a little bit more, but it looks like we've got the director of the film on now. James Cheeks, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Uh well, I got him here somewhere. All right, going. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Good, good, good. All right, James. Well, welcome to a measure of truth. Hello. Y- yes, are you there? James, are you there? Can you, you hear me? <laughs> we lost him. I I think we lost him. Are Are you there? I I well okay. <laughs> we'll go ahead and let you finish your story. It looks like we got we have some editing to do now. <laughs> well, uh, tell us a little bit again about your your son and his love for skateboarding and um all the the right things that were happening for him before this tragedy. Oh, all the positive things were happening. He wanted to be out there like I said skating around the world and um he started as a little young kid as everybody do with the little ro- um, roller skates. And ended up going into the, the skateboard that had the old-fashioned rusty wheels, as they call them back in the days. Yeah. And ended up going to jumping on the bikes, from the bikes back into the bigger skateboards. And um, like you said, he wanted to skate around the world, and he wanted to be somebody that's like a pro skater. Mm-hmm. And ended up, this tragedy happened to him and, and cut his life a little shorter. So what we did was just step in his shoes as a mother and just kept moving forward. And as we are today, we're internationally known. Now, um and James, whenever you get on board, just go ahead and chime in. Now, what was um, was Michael um, a kid that stayed out of trouble, and he found skateboarding, and he stayed away from trouble, or was it a transition for him? 
Yes, I happen to be a, a blessed parent to um, get from from innocent um, information from the streets that even though he wasn't under my 24-hour watch, that he still was a positive kid. And he's been spoke about all around the world from different nationalities. And, and as you watch some of the movies, you'll get a chance to see different things that people had to say in regards to his positive blessing that he had coming out. Yeah. And besides the fact... Go ahead, uh, and besides the fact he was a very talented young man, um, so how how long had he been skating, and what did skating mean to him? Okay, skating to me was his life. He he started as a younger kid, around four or five years old, and wanted to be like I said out there on the board. And when he really started showing me his tricks, he's starting to get to the older age. And I used to always tell him to get down before you tear somebody's stuff up or break an arm or leg or something. And I got to pay for it. So um, he were, that's all his job was. He wanted to be a skater. You couldn't tell him anything. And if the board breaks, believe you me, you would see the other side of him, and you would have to figure out how to make money to get a board. No matter how it worked, you still had to figure out how to get him another skateboard so he can get back out there and finish what he was doing. And, mm-hmm. and not just that he did for himself. He taught younger kids who wanted to learn how to skate how to do different tricks to keep them out of different troubles being in the streets mm-hmm. and keeping them out the way of gang violence as well. Wow. And that's great. So he was a he was a positive role model as well. Very very positive role model. And on top of him with his skating, I have a disabled son who was his brother. Who when I worked um, constantly, he would be here and take care of my son. And when he got a chance to get out that door, you would have to find Mike because Mike was gone. So he got so the skateboard him. and he was gone. Okay. And um, you're not listening to the show on the uh, the computer, are you? No, sir. I'm, I'm okay. here with not even a computer in my uh, house. So oh, okay. I'm just trying to figure out where this echo is coming I'm from. Page right now. Uh, now, so what happened? What really happened? Because I went on the internet today, and, and I just checked some blogs just to see, you know, how many folks knew him. And again, I only found really positive things about him. And uh, yeah, he was well loved and respected. And it was truly a tragedy because he he was just doing what he's doing, which is skateboarding, impacted the the lives of so many young people. And it's just an amazing story to hear that and such a tragedy that, you know, his life would come to an end. So so tell us, take us through that day. What what happened exactly? Oh, we go back to that day. Um, oh, it's amazing. To go back to that day was him coming in from Virginia, Virginia from Florida, where he, I mean, Virginia Beach, Florida, where he tell me he had just signed this contract with Pharrell. Mama, it's time for you to get out and get a break. Go spend time with your friend. I pack a bag, thinking I'm going for the weekend. I get all the way to, not too far from my house, maybe an hour and a half, getting ready to step out the car and get a phone call. I've always told my kids, do not call me 911 unless my son Anthony's having a seizure and you can't control it, that means he's in the hospital. I get a phone call from one of Mike's friends with the 911 call. Not Mike on the phone, but one of his friends tell me Mike got shot. I don't believe the guy at first because nobody plays on my kid's phone. They don't play on my house phone, let alone the cell phone. I took into the fact of listening to him in the background, somebody else screaming and yelling. I tell the guy who I'm in the car with, take me back to Long Beach. Something is not right. They tell me what hospital he's in. I get to the hospital. I'm on the phone the whole time on the freeway talking to the emergency room facility, and they're working on him as they speak. When I get into the hospital, they tell me, you can't see him right now. You have to wait, go through this door, and different things they tell you. Mm-hmm. The story I get later, once I find out he's he's he's, he's already gone, he's not here anymore. The mm-hmm. story I get from many, many people in the streets who were there at the scene of the crime 
he happened to be an innocent bystander. These guys were going to shoot up the house anyway from some other incident that happened. He just happened to be somebody taking his shoes off from skateboarding and caught for somebody else's gang crossfire. Really? So this this happened um, not at your house, but at some location nearby the skate park, or no, no, it happened. Uh, I, I'm always the person that tells my kids if I take them somewhere to somebody else's house. He was going to one of his best friend's house, mm-hmm. like another brother, TK Terry Kennedy, that skate right down mm-hmm. the street from where Terry Kennedy' grandmother lived. I didn't like this little group of guys down the street. They just looked like the sneaky type to me, and I always told my don't go down there to their house. They just look evil. Something liable happened in front of their house. Sure enough, my son gets murdered in front of their house. So wow. things I might have felt in my head never long later on, this is what you're going to end up with. He never got killed by my house. He got killed somewhere else from my house. Right, right. And um, so, so many people do have half the story. So, you know, it's almost like yeah, they, in the, the story the itself. I, I personally, as a mom, I would still personally never get a full story because mm-hmm. I was not there. So I can't really explain the whole day what happened. I just got what happened when I went to court through the different parts of the court trial. One of the guys that were involved in this case came up front and spoke the whole incident. That's the reason I got the whole truth of the story. Wow, I see. So he and, turned um, state evidence on his own friends, and that's the reason we got everything. And, and James, if you're if you're here, um, if you can hear us, just chime in whenever you're ready, whenever you can get in, so we know that you're there because we won't know otherwise. But, um, Mrs. King, tell us a little bit, too, about um, those things that were, you know, falling together for him while he was, you know, on route to turn pro. Um, tell us a little bit about his relationship with Pharrell Williams and, um, you know, this fashion design and other opportunities that were offered him. It, what got me, I, I was still, I'm still kind of shocked because I didn't ever get a chance to meet Pharrell personally and, and, and um, face-to-face. But once my son was murdered, the next day he personally came on the radio station in honor of speaking to my son how positive he was. On the radio, and then he came on one of the TV stations, so all the kids were a chance, as well as grown folks, got a chance to hear how he felt in honor of my son, how positive he was. And that really touched me because I appreciate to see that when he did leave my door, he did handle his business Hmm. going somewhere else besides his home. So that means he really was out there trying to be where he wanted to be. And he was right. a wonderful skater. I mean, if you've seen him, you'd be amazed. I'm still amazed mm-hmm. just by seeing some footage to this day if they show me different things. And to meet so many people of every nationality who have major love for my son. Yeah. And to hear the stories, amazing. Yeah. They're, yeah, Michael, they're amazing. can you hear me? They're amazing. Yes, I can hear you now. That's yeah, Keith. Um, That's Jake. Yeah, yeah, Michael was, uh, he was definitely going places and... He was uh he was definitely featured had featured parts in skateboard videos, and uh, he was actually also in in a, in a movie too playing a role as a, a skateboard extra, along with Training. TK. So yeah, he was definitely going places and, and, and putting his name out there and had a, had a great great reputation. So so mm-hmm. when this happened this this uh when that happened, it, you know so many people loved Mike and they they knew Mike and they knew Mike was coming up and it, it was that. It was that uh, exposure that that led me to try to contact his family. Because mm-hmm. uh, while I was in the process of uh, planning this documentary, Mike's name kept popping up, and and I was, you know, what happened to Mike? And I really wanted to know why this happened to Mike, because he seemed like a really great guy, and he was coming up. And uh, it was that through that investigation and talking to Mike's friends and family uh, that I got to meet Miss King. 
and uh, was able to, you know, uh, talk to the family and uh, introduce the friends. And, and she actually took me to the skate park where, where we actually spent most of the time filming uh, the movie, the skate park that in Long Beach that was uh, known as Ghetto Park, but now it's known as uh, Michael K. Green Skate Park. And it's a state of the art skate park. But uh, it was it was through it was through uh, Michael's story that kind of uh, led me to kind of figure out what happened because at the time I didn't know what happened. And uh, when I met the family and got to talk to them and uh, have dinner with them, uh, she told me that the the trial hadn't yet happened, the murder trial. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just wanted to tell the story with integrity and, and, and it'd be authentic. Mm-hmm. And it, it was right at the right time where we were going to be able to follow the family. So the family actually allowed me to follow them uh, as they, you know, go into court and through that whole journey, you know, for justice. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of that, um, Justice, um, were the killers or the killer of um, Michael Green, were they caught? And is that what the trial was about? Yes, the, the trial was definitely about uh, uh, getting all the guys who were involved, identifying them, and uh, basically putting them behind bars. Mm. But, it, but in my opinion, uh, even though even though they got locked up, and, you know, still some of the story isn't told. You know, you'll never know who all was involved and everything mm-hmm. like that. I still think that uh, through that trial, you know, justice were served in a way, but a lot of people lost in that situation. Like, no yeah. one really won. Right. Uh, Miss King, you know, knew people on the other side, you know, who were losing their kids and they're going to get locked up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't think, I, I, I honestly think that justice was really served was when uh, they opened up the Michael K. Green Skate Park, you know, in Michael's honor. I just, mm-hmm. I just noticed something different about Miss King and her family and just everybody, right. and I felt like that was the justice, you know, years yeah. later. Yeah, because her her son was destined to be remembered anyway and have a, a different legacy, but I guess this is, um, you know, a consolation of some sort. Um And, and tell us, um, I'm sure you yeah, were there. Uh, Miss King, King always said that... Uh, Mike was going to be traveling around the world, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because we we look back and we we kind of laugh about this sometimes that through the film and through the story when it goes all over, it's like Mike is up there on the screen and he's literally traveling across the world. His story. Mm-hmm. Now, now tell us, um, James. This started way back in 2006, and um, you know there was a short film made about it as well. Did you have a part in that as well? Yes. Uh, that's actually when I started shooting was October 14th, uh, 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, the family had invited me to come out and shoot uh, the birthday celebration of Mike that they do every year in, in Long Beach. Mm. And uh, there I got to meet some of Mike's friends in person, people who I've actually tried to contact before, and actually meet the family, the brothers and sisters. And uh, that that was uh, the start of, you know, the first movie, On the Grind, the short version. Mm-hmm. And that movie spans about three years of following the family and the friends, and uh, that's the the short version. That's the one that's right now airing on the documentary channel uh, on DirecTV and Dish Network. But Uh-oh. we have been shooting since 2006, mm-hmm. and now we're in our sixth year of following the story, and we're trying to wrap it up. So that's why we're trying to finish On the Grind, the feature-length version. So it'll be a longer movie and it'll have the completion of the skate park story, as well as more interviews from pro skaters and people that knew Mike, as well as interviews from, like, you know, the detective 
in the case and the DA who's now a judge in Compton. So you're going to have a lot more input, and uh, it'll be a really uh, great film, uh, inspirational and very hopeful, and it, and it tells a big story. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, th- there's – Mike, I mean, James, you're you're a, um, a skater as well, right? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, that's what t- kind of led me to telling the story. Right, and tell us a little bit about the – the, the skate culture is a, a very unique culture because most sports are played against one another, but skating is more, um, you, you sort of compete, but you learn. A skater can't become a great skater unless they can see someone who can do something that they can't do and back and forth. It's a trade-off. So you guys are almost like mentors of one another. So tell us a little bit about that and the camaraderie that's um, built up between skaters. Yeah, skateboarding is one of those sports that, you know, you can go do it with friends, you can do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the great thing about it. You know, you go out there and try to do some tricks, and, you know, your your friends help you out if they're better than you at doing the tricks. And, <laughs> you know, there's, there's healthy competition. There's also skate competitions, too, you know, and you can win sponsorships, you can win gear and things like that. But it's definitely one of those sports that uh, it's a brotherhood kind of thing. You know, like skaters really – you know, they, when they see each other and they skate up to each other, you know, and but at the same spot or whatever, it's like a brotherhood kind of thing. You know, it's a it's this like same kind of the groups, same cu- subculture. So I right. feel like you know, there's a lot of definitely a lot of mentorship going on uh, to get some of the younger guys who are up and coming so that they get to that level of being a pro. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike was one of those guys that through his stories and through talking to other pro skaters. Uh, they all told me that it's all about, you know, looking out for the younger skaters, you know, either letting them skate with you, teaching them tricks, or giving them gear like skateboards so they can have something to skate, you know. And Mike was definitely one of those skaters who all the pro skaters were looking out for us coming up next out of Long Beach. Right. And and even in our movie, we you know, some of the guys that we follow, they have, uh, you know, like there's Juice, mm-hmm. and then there's Little Juice, who was 14 at the time, you know, who's being mentored by Big Juice, you know, and a lot of, and it was a lot of that going on in the skate parks, and I thought that was fascinating. For some reason, uh, they picked the the younger kid and got the nickname of the older guy because mm-hmm. they either uh, had the same kind of personality or something like that, and it's real fascinating. You definitely see that in the short version of On the Grind. I think it's great, you know, the older guys looking out for the younger guys. Yeah, and one of the things too is um, it's a it's really important for people to get a, a close look at you know the, the subculture and where it originates from before it becomes you know at a professional level and becomes commercialized and understand really who these guys are and what it's like for them to commit themselves to this sport and, and it's an amazing sport because it's really based on doing something that seems impossible. I mean, all the tricks that excite anybody just you just think to yourself, how in the world can someone do that? And I, I think that's one of the most amazing things about that and some other, you know, sports as well that are considered X-game type sports. But um, skateboarding to me has always been that, that sport. I mean, I've been following Tony Hawk since the very beginning. I mean, I've been following since Tony Alba. So, you know, I'm going way back. So, um, you know, it's just always been an amazing um, sport to me because of all the the physical challenges you have to meet to be able to be um, a professional or someone who does it very well. Absolutely. 
Um, tell us a little bit more about what, some of the things that people will see in this film that, you know, probably aren't, you know, focused on much as far as what you may see on, you know, the average YouTube skate video. Well, I think this story, you know, it, it shows the world something, you know, that they haven't maybe thought about or seen that much. You've got uh, this just this rise of, uh, you know, a lot of minority skaters, you know. you got these guys skating in neighborhoods where, you know, the norm isn't skating. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a neighborhood, especially where we filmed that, so it's called 14th Street Gang Territory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a neighborhood like that, uh, black and brown violence is very high, you know. But it's really cool when you go into the skate park and you see black and, and Latino skaters skating with each other. And, you know, Long Beach is so diverse. you got Cambodians and everybody. I mean, everyone was at that park. But it's the it's kind of environment where, you know, outside of that, you're really not supposed to be talking to each other. You're not really supposed to be affiliated with each other. But it's really beautiful to see how these guys just choose to live the way they want to live, you know, using their God-given gifts to just be originals, you know, and they just go out there and skate and be positive about it. And that's what the beautiful thing about this story is. And that's why it was uh, great to uh, be able to follow uh, Mike's story and Miss King because, you know, she's such a positive person. And she'd be down at that skate park after Mike got killed. She all the time would be at the skate park looking out for the kids. Really? Sandwiches. Yeah, mm. out the trunk of the car, making sandwiches, bringing fried chicken in. Uh, uh, sodas, you know, just looking out for the kids. Like, I thought that was an amazing thing. Like, she is definitely the mama of the skate park. So they mm. call her Mama Black, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's just so, so positive. And it's just great to see, you know, to be able to, while I was telling this story, that aspect of it is amazing, you know? Like, it, it really did turn something uh, uh, that was tragic into something really positive. And I got to see, you know, the heart of, of everybody involved. And at the end of the day, it's just people who are just trying to, you know, live by their passions, you know, take their skateboarding to the next level, you know. And it was cool to have Miss King there supporting, you know, other guys who were following in Mike's footsteps mm-hmm. who decided to either quit gangbanging and to start skating because of what happened to Mike or just go that positive route, you know, because there's so much positivity in, in skateboarding and things like that. You know, a lot of people are attracted to it. And it's just really cool to see that, and you know, in the feature-length movie, you're gonna see, um, you're gonna see some of the struggles some of the guys go through, you know, as they're trying to go pro, and you know, maybe have a kid, and also try to finish school and things like that, you know. And then you're also gonna follow the family. Uh, Mike's little brother, uh, he graduated high school. That was amazing. We got to capture that, you know. So you got these really happy moments and these good moments mixed in with these moments that are like everyday life struggles, but ultimately, you know, it's a great story, and it's just going to, you know, it it relates to everybody, so whether you're a skater or a non-skater, you're going to really find something in this movie that you're going to enjoy. No, that's great, and and Mrs. King, so this was sort of like a a healing process for you to get back out there to connect with these people who were friends with your son. Tell us about um, your process of trying to cope and deal with um, the loss of your son at that time. At the, at the time when it happened, of course, nobody can get back on your feet as they figure after the fact. I ended mm-hmm. up having to have my son, which is disabled, and I knew I couldn't stop then, so I had to keep going forward. Also, I had three other kids who I had to keep going, make sure they finished the school. I didn't want them to stop and go stray and be 
out there wild because of what happened to their brother. So I had to stay focused right. on top mm-hmm. of, I mean, I, I got like a million kids from somewhere everywhere, and I just try to counsel them and keep them all going so they won't get caught up in the rap of somebody else's problem because there's a lot out there that you can't stop, but it's a lot sometimes you slow down and take your time, you can catch on to it. And I just try to work with them the best I can. So I was honored to have James Cheeks and, and Kevin Campbell to come into my life and into my home. They're like my kids now as well as their families are my family. And on top of them, of everything else I've been through, even with the skate park, that's like my joy. I just sit there when I can and, and read my book and watch the kids do things. And the stories that they tell me just keep me moving forward and keeps me going. As well mm-hmm. as traveling, just riding the Greyhound bus coming from, I'm in Columbus, Georgia now, and I go to California. And the stories I get on the bus and then the stories I tell them, we all get together. And one time a guy just opened his laptop and put the movie on and we watched the movie on the bus. When even the bus driver stopped and watched it with us. So, I mean, it's mm. just amazing to be able to keep moving forward. And I, I, I don't know what, what it is that God gave me to be a leader or to keep moving forward instead of being one that would just sit back and be so depressed I can't get there. I do have my days. I do cry. I do ball up and don't talk to nobody. I love to watch TV to keep me focused on something, and I love to read. On top of that, I write maybe 50 people in the pen from juvenile to youth death row. So I still have my hands full of phone calls. Wow. So I stay busy. So wow. I just really just stay busy to keep from even trying to be that one to just ball up and go somewhere. But my main thing is when a lot of people have passed away that I had close to me on top of a lot of friends and family, and they all call me. So I think I'm just somebody to help them get a little further ahead in life. And I don't know where it came from, but God, without him, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I'm just a mom just trying to make it everyday life struggle. Hmm. And where do you find the strength to to try to help so many others? You said you write uh, almost fifty people who are also imprisoned. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know where the strength comes from. God gave it to me. I just it's something I did since I was like fourteen years old. My brothers mm. always wanted to decide they want to go to camp and, and sit in juvenile, or them little cousins would go, and I would figure that the rest of the family didn't care that they was gone. So I would be the one. Well, I'm gonna write your letter. Make sure you're okay. Anything happening? Let me know. I need a couple of dollars. Well, let me get my little taxes. I'll give you a couple of dollars. But then to start getting to the point, if you keep going back, I have to write you off the list. But then I don't write you off because I still write you and check on you. But then other people, what one thing that really got me when my son was murdered and we were going to court through the court trial, before I went to court and all these people showed up at my house, I gave them one warning. I don't know what happened to my son. I don't know half of y'all that's here no way. Go to work, go to school, and go home. Get away from my door because I don't know who did it, so you could be standing in my face, and I still wouldn't know. So mm-hmm. I kept that level inside of me to the day I'm, mm-hmm. I breathe it. Do me a favor, go to work, go to school, and go home. Be somebody else, but don't be what these guys did to my son, because he was innocent. You might not be innocent. I don't know what you might do when you leave this door. So mm-hmm. don't do that. Don't go to jail. Don't go down there and say you're going to go out and do something to somebody else and say, this king told me to go do it, because I never told nobody ever. I've never been involved in gangs and all that, so don't go out there and say, I told you to do nothing. All I want you to do is just keep moving forward and be positive. Mm, if we mm. can save one child, we can save many. If wow. I walk in a room and they're doing a movie screen and I get one person, I get excited. Somebody came to see the movie. I'm sitting there by, not by myself. Somebody else is here. If I got way more people than that, I'm really excited because somebody's really paying attention to what's on the screen. And you don't know who you're going to get afterwards. A lot of people won't talk to me in, a, in, a, in a, a group session once they watch the movie, but individually I stand there and wait and see what they have to say. And individually you might end up talking to three, four, five hundred people in one room. You never know what you're going to get. So where the strength comes, it's only from God. Wow, that's really something. It's quite a testament to who you are and your resolve to, to continue to um, help others and to um, 
make healing just a part of helping, you know? So it's just amazing. I mean, I hear your strength and um, just the fact that you go out to the skate parks in an area that's still, you know, a little rough. Um, I, I can see that you, you had the wherewithal to handle yourself in your situations as well. So I, um, I, I'm just, I'm just glad that you're so wise, but you still know how, even through the trials of life to, to still find kindness within your heart, you know? Um, so it's just amazing, just amazing story. And, um, James, I want to ask you too a little bit about what you've learned in um, filmmaking and some of your experience that brought you up to this point and some of the other projects you've worked on. Okay, well, when I was growing up, uh, I knew that there was something lacking in mainstream media. Mm. And that was good cinema that could reach teenagers, especially black teenagers, uh, that was really positive, you know, that really, you know, could, could reach. Could, could talk to people that were maybe in uh, at-risk youth or in neighborhoods uh, where, you know, that kind of life, you know, uh, uh, you know, people had cousins or fathers who were locked up or, you know, a positive influence. I just knew that there was a lack of that. Just growing up, I knew that. And it wasn't until I saw this movie called Glory in seventh grade, um, my history teacher showed it to me. And that's an amazing movie about the black soldiers in the Civil War. And it just opened up my eyes to so much. Like, I'd never seen a story like that. And I, it was such a great story. It had Denzel Washington in it and Morgan Freeman. It was just a great movie. And, you know, after watching a movie like that, I was like, man, I really want to make movies one day or, or tell stories like this. And, you know, I also had a cousin who I came up with who, to get initiated into a gang, he killed a guy at an ATM. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just think about our influences growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, and things like that, and what was really put out there on the mainstream media and the radio and the neighborhood culture, you know. And I was just thinking, you know, if I can make a movie one day, hopefully I can put it in things like that. Hopefully I can make a movie that's positive. Hopefully I can make a movie that's going to prevent somebody from going down a path that, you know, they necessarily don't know they're you know, they're going to end up or, or the wrong path. And I was just, through this opportunity, making on the grind, it was a, I was able to tell that kind of a story, even though I didn't set out to tell that story. I kind of set out to kind of capture this scene and all these guys coming up and, and their stories coming from neighborhoods like this and coming from different uh, family situations and whatnot. But through Mike's story and Miss King's story, I was able to actually witness, you know, the whole justice consequences, uh, uh, and then what happens when you go the positive route, like the rest of the guys, you know? And still, everyone has their ups and downs, like in real life and in this movie. You know, I can't say that we're, any of us are perfect, you know? It's real life. But at the end of the day, I think that this movie is a testament, you know, that, you know, no matter what, that if you turn a negative situation to something positive, it can definitely help many other people. And so many people come up to Miss King after the show. Or if Miss King isn't there, they come up to me and they give me kind words to tell her about certain parts in the movie that move them, like her forgiving the kids who murder her son, you know. And we were able to capture that in court. I mean, just that scene alone is just a strong woman she is and how brave she is. Mm. But that moves so many people around the country who have forgiveness issues. I mean, they come right. up to me and talk to me about it. And they said something that she said really touched my heart and helped me move on. So it's just amazing to see 
that happened through a movie, and that's kind of like the kind of stories I always wanted to tell. So with this movie, uh, the short movie that's out right now, uh, airing nationwide, I really want to turn it into the longer movie, and I really want it to reach everybody. I want to, I want to go mm-hmm. back to the same schools that we've been to before. I want to go back to the same film festivals and even more. I want it to be theatrical nationwide, and I just want to reach as many people as possible, you know. And, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely could use the help from any listener right now, you know. Uh, we have a Kickstarter page up. It's a campaign. We're trying to raise $20 to finish this movie. And if you head over to our website, uh, net. And James, or, please please tell us the amount again you're trying to because it broke up on my end. I just want to make sure people okay. understand how much. Uh, we're looking to raise twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars through our Kickstarter campaign. So if you get on the computer and you donate, uh, if we reach our goal in seventeen days of twenty thousand dollars, then we get the money. If we don't reach uh, that amount in pledges, then we don't get any money. So it's really important that if you hear this right now, to go to our website, uh, www.onthegrindmovie.net, or go to our Facebook page for the movie, uh, uh, facebook.com slash onthegrindmovie, and then uh, look up the Kickstarter page and make a donation today. Uh, We have 17 days left to raise $20,000, and we still have a long way to go, but we really need your help. So that's the one thing you can do is just get that link, watch the sneak preview on there, and share that video and that link with all your friends and family. That would be a huge blessing to us. We really want to get this movie out there, and I'm ready for it to get out there. Miss King and her family are ready for it to get out there, and all the skaters are ready to get it out there too. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing that and um you know, in its full feature and, you know, really understanding the story and exposing the world to um, a lot of people have a lot of negative thoughts about skaters and they, they see them as, you know, rowdy or obnoxious. But um, skating in itself is, you know, it, it's unlike any other sport out there. It's an it, it's a it's almost a high. It's an energy that you get that's driven by, you know, just being um so excited about um, the risks you have to take in order to be able to do the things that you do that most can't, you know, it's nothing like that. And uh, it's good to, you know, see that there's a movie that focuses on not just the competition side and not just on people who've already made it as well. So uh, I'm really excited about this movie. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about on the grind is you hear from the, uh, you hear from pro skaters and right beside guys coming up. You know, and everybody's from the same neighborhood, and they're just trying to, you know, they're just telling how he came up and, you know, how the other guys are coming up, too, you know, and it's all like brotherhood, and I just, I just love that. I love that everyone's rooting for each other to come up in skateboarding. And, yeah. that's, and that's great because I, I think of it as an art, you know. You see some of it these is. guys, the way they do their tricks and the, the style they have with it, it's just pure art, and it's beautiful. It's like self-expression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I just think that if uh, more people around the country – saw this, who maybe lived in neighborhoods where this is not the norm, uh, you know, and they saw that these guys in Long Beach are doing it, and they live in a neighborhood like this, and and, and over here people talk like this, and they sound like this, and this is the norm over here, but you can do this anywhere, you know, you can do it anywhere, and that's what we're basically trying to show people, let them know that, yo, it's okay just to be yourself, and if you want to skate, 
escape, you know. doesn't matter where you live, where you stay, what the gang members in your neighborhood are talking about. Go out there and skate, you know. And, you know, there's skate parks being built everywhere. You know, they're, they're in the suburbs, they're in the hood. You know, there's just, it's a beautiful thing to see the opportunities these days for guys to come up in skateboarding. Yeah, it is. I mean, there was a time when uh, a pro skateboarder was few and far between, but now there's so many sponsors who recognize the um, the impact of the sport on young people. So there's a lot more opportunities out there. And, um, yeah, I, I'm very excited about that as well. And, um, Mrs. King, tell us a little bit about what you thought when you first saw this movie. How did that um, touch you? It was It was very shocking to see that. Once James and, and Kevin came into my life and they lived on like on my couch in my bed, eating my food, didn't want to go <laughs> home, which is a wonderful thing to see them digging the crates and pull out all my pictures and all my business and put it out there. It was very shocking to see that. It was awesome to see somebody that close to you that you didn't know and some things uh-huh. you want to keep to yourself and I want them to know, but they had to know what they needed to know to get into the movie. So once we finally got it out there, I was going crazy, like, we in the movie, we in the theater. I'm jumping around like a little kid, of course, in front of the place. And uh, just shocked to see me on the big screen, too, as well as all the skaters doing their thing, as well as my son, of course. I'm in there crying because they got my baby again. And they come outside, and the guys lift me up and haul me down like I'm at a, a concert, and they pass me past from the next person going through. I mean, it's just amazing to see that the honor that they gave me to get us this far, and, and it's a blessing to travel with them. I, I used to never travel. I was always a go to work and go home and take care of my family type. I've got to make sure my kids are all right and nothing's going wrong and don't let anybody in the house, don't answer the phone. And to be able to travel with them and go on the road some places with them to be different screenings to see the movie got me to open another door for my life and got me stepping out in honor of, of my son and showing that God stepped into me for a reason to get him where he's at. And he's mm-hmm. not even, of course, he's not gone. he got a big smile on his face and he's still shining and saying, yeah, your feet heavy today, but tomorrow they get a little lighter. So I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just excited. And what I'm doing now is, I want to um, have his foundation open in honor of him and the Michael Keith Green Foundation and to get my son out there so I can be a positive person to help many more kids out there as well as I work with just not just kids. I work with adults. I work with the elderly. I'm I'm some person that's some everywhere. Even though I had enough time in the day to even do what I do, and, and it's shocking to see that I still can do it and still be at 48 years of age being able to move around and handle a lot of things going on and still be able to come home and say, let me get that five minutes of rest because i got to get up tomorrow and handle something. Or the phone rings in the middle of the night, you know you got to get up and answer that phone call. So right now I'm just trying to get this foundation open in honor of my son, Michael Green, which is the Michael Keith Green Foundation that's out there. We need to get many people as we can to help sponsor us mm-hmm. and get it moving and get these kids that need these computers that don't have them, the kids that need those school books, the uniforms on their back and, and some shoes on their feet to go to school, maybe some clean socks, anything that's needed out there, we need to get together. Mostly mothers and fathers who have lost their loved ones to get mm-hmm. back on their feet like I personally have after the fact. Some can't go pay their light bill, can't pay their gas bill, can't walk to the store to get even a, a gallon of milk, can't go from here to the corner, can't make a phone call, need somebody to clean their household out. That's the person who I am, and that's when I step in the door. And that's what I'm trying to make sure my foundation gets me nationwide of what I need to do. So go on my Facebook. If you need me, I'm Loretta, L-A-U-R-I-E. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just connected with you today. Okay. And make sure people come in contact with me. And I'm Michael Keith Green Foundation is at WordPress.com. We're out there. We need to uh, get this moving as well as I'm on the grind all the time. So, of course, we got the right movie. So that keeps okay. me motivated. And now, every, that, everything that you post having to do with that, feel free to go ahead and post it on my page as well. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure uh, that I'll highlight that 
and um, make sure that that gets out there. And when you do start your foundation, um, contact me as well. I I do PSAs for uh, nonprofits for free. That's just one of the things I do. Very much. And it's a nonprofit organization. Make sure I let that be known. Nonprofit organization. And all supporters and donors are wonderfully blessed. Yes, he has a Facebook page on my page as well as his page. Okay, James, Mm -hmm. what were you saying? Yeah, I was just letting you know there is a Facebook page for the uh, Michael K. Green Foundation. So if you're listening right now, please uh, add that on Facebook. It's the Michael Keith Green Green Foundation. Foundation. Mm -hmm. When you type that in on Facebook, you will see it pop up. And and that's a great way to stay connected and get updates as the organization grows and, and to be able to reach out to Loretta and uh, keep the ball rolling. Absolutely. And we're going to have you both on again. We want to, you know, see how things are progressing as well. And we want to talk a little bit more about some of the lives that you're impacting, um, Loretta, as well. We want to, you know, get an opportunity to dig a little deeper in some of these other um, ventures that you have going on. Um, Because that is truly the focus of this show a measure of truth is just all you know really about what's really going on what people are out there touching the lives of others and who are really making the difference because that's really what it's all about i mean everything else is just hype you know when you when you have an impact on someone that changes their life for the better permanently i mean you can't beat that and these are the kind of stories that we love we really do okay can i say one more thing sure I have a I have a young skater who just was murdered recently, um, October 21st, mm-hmm. by the name of Charlie Ford, who happened mm-hmm. to be just at my birthday party. We just gave in honor of my mom in California at Michael Green Skate Park in honor of Michael and myself, who just was an innocent bystander who was murdered here in Compton, California, um, wow. sitting as a passenger in the car and just got shot and sprayed up. I happened to meet his mom. This is how coincidence is. I met his mom before I left California, Moreno Valley, to move to Columbus, Georgia, to help take care of my mom, who's ill with um, cancer. To meet his mom before I met him, she spoke so highly of her baby. I never knew the whole time I had been running with this boy at the skate park, dealing with him on all different events, and never met his mom. Now that he's passed, murdered, my daughter reminded me who she was, and I got a chance to finally speak to my friend and tell her, let me and her mom do a sit-down one-on-one and speak. Mm. Now it's time to bury her baby. So we're going to be speaking in honor of things that happen to your children after they leave your door. Wow. Mm, Charlie Charlie was another talented skater. The story, it it parallels Mike's. It's a, you know, he's a young brother coming up really good. I mean, you look at his skate videos and he was definitely doing it. And he was definitely just trying to become pro skater so he could, uh, he could uh, take care of his mother who has lo- who has cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he got killed, and it just it doesn't make no sense. You know he was always down at the events in Long Beach, and he was always putting it down, you know, and just doing his thing, and staying positive. And it's just sad to see that happen a couple weeks ago, and and I just that's why I think it's so critical that we get out films like On the Grind, and that the Michael K. Green Foundation really really get the exposure that that they need so that youth and, and, and people can see these films in advance, you know, and, 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 and have have the resources in advance and the tools in advance so that tragedies like this can be prevented, you know, because I think if people knew, 
you know, the consequences to some of these actions before they did them and see how it hurts a community and a family, then they wouldn't do it because that's mm-hmm. that could be their brother, that could be their sister, that could be their mother. And, you know, and I think it's just so important. And I just, you know, I just wish that, um, you know, films and projects like this got more exposure than they do right now in the media, but that's why we're really reaching out to everyone we can to help us get this film off the off the ground because it is a movie. You know, you're definitely watching a documentary film, but it's also entertaining, but it has a great message to it. We just want you to know that. And just, you know, look out for us and support us and keep us in your prayers. That's very important. Wow. We will definitely do that. You know, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we'll close out the show right after this. Today is just another day for most of us, but yesterday, millions of exceptional, brilliant people decided that they were going to do something this day that would change their lives for the better and potentially the lives of hundreds more. Some even awoke with an unheard of sense of determination, focus, and vision, ready to leap forward and make that big change in their lives. In reality, most awoke pretty much the same way as most of us with today's office grind, tasks, checklists, calendars, and chores for the day as their primary concern. Sadly, some forgot yesterday's decision when they awoke, and others were just too afraid to try, and some just too stubborn to change, and many who forgot that tomorrow is not promised did not make it to see the sunrise today. I can't emphasize this enough. There is no time like the present. Whatever you want for your tomorrow, the effort has to start today. Better yet, right now. God has embedded in us a will and life purpose. We may succeed at any number of things, but this is the one thing that we can be assured to be much bigger than ourselves. It is our opportunity to accomplish the amazing Touch the lives of a multitude of people and leave this world that we live in a much better place due to our efforts. Yeah, but first we have to take action. Take bold steps to crush our fear with confidence, destroy our insecurity with intense determination, and implement a decisive plan that will turn obstacles into minor adjustments and defeat into monuments of mistakes that we will never make again all because of the wisdom we obtained that special day. You know what? There is no stopping people who truly care about the lives of others. I would dare say that they are invincible because nothing can destroy the human spirit. Why is it that I feature nonprofits and charities on my show so often? It's not just because that they are awesome and a rare breed of individuals. It's because they selflessly do the work that matters because others won't. And just because it's the right thing to do. How huge is that? But they do need your help. They first need you to be informed and aware. And I think we've taken care of that. Next, they need you to take action. Become a part of this solution. Or is today just another day? You already did something great today. You woke up this morning. The question is, who will you be today? Take a close look. Therein lies a measure 
of truth. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Oh, man, what a great show. I mean, just um, having you guys on, you know, enlighten me in ways that I did not expect. And um, I'm always excited to hear a good story, but um, this one has um, so many different um, tangents and so many different levels of um, kindness and um, of just positive um just positive stories that will will help others to be able to, you know, look for a little bit more out of their lives. So I just want to thank you both for coming on and, and taking the time to share with us. Thank you, Michael. God bless you. Thank and, you, Mike. Uh, God bless. Appreciate. This is King. Okay. And um, your your mom is on the line as well. And um, I just wanted to give her an opportunity to come on if she's available. Hello. Are you, are you there, Grandma? Yes, Grandmama's here. I was listening and crying. I want to say hello to James so bad. I could. I hope he's still on the line. I'm right here. Okay, this is Grandmama James. Hey, Grandmama. Hi, darling. <laughs> and tell Thank Kevin you. hello for me also. And I'm oh. in Corona. And, I'm in uh, Corona, California. Right, right. And, and how are you feeling? Your um, your daughter mentioned I'm, it. I am feeling great. I am feeling great. I have so many tears. I've used almost a whole roll of, of um, paper towel. <laughs> and I, I just want to say to them, just keep it moving. Keep on the grind moving. And don't forget in Mark seven, thirty three through 35, tells you that the one that comes in first shall always be last. So keep on being a servant, and that movie will come out. Absolutely. Wow. That's right. Just trust in God. It's going to happen. Well, well, we see where she gets it from, but we're very impressed with your daughter and um, her her strong resolve and um, just the, the powerful impact that she has on her community. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. And we know that you must have something to do with that. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to come on, too, so that everyone would be able to hear your voice and hear a little bit from you as well. Well, thank you so much. And and as I was saying, the one that comes last shall be first, and the first shall be last. So when you come in last, you have been a good servant. All right. (laughs) And you will find that in Mark 7. 3335. All right. We have a lot of humor in our family. Yes. Thank you. Don't leave the humor out in our family. Please. Thank you so much for coming on. And, um, and, um, Laura? Yes, ma'am. Laurietta, here's a word from your niece. This is Renata from Corona, and I want you guys to know that I'm praying for your success. I know it will be successful, and we're praying each and every day for that to come through. I love you all. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right, guys. Can I say one last thing, Michael? Sure, absolutely. I was just getting ready to ask you to give all your contact information to make sure everybody's got your websites (laughs) and find out what's next with the movie as far as any screenings or what the next step is. Okay. Okay. First, I just want to say uh, hello to my little cousin, Tim Tim, in Houston. I love you, cousin, and I'm going to come see you soon, okay? All right? All right, little cousin, Tim Tim in Houston. I love you, brother. And uh, the next time you can see On the Grind is going to be on November 29th, Thursday, Uh November 29th. 
at 7 o'clock Pacific Time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. So you can catch that on the documentary channel, which is on DirecTV and Dish Network. And if you don't have that, maybe find somebody who can TiVo it for you, and you can watch it later. Um, also, um, yeah, we we have we always have the schedule on our Facebook page. So once again, you know, you go to facebook.com slash onthegrindmovie or go to our website, www.onthegrindmovie.net. You get all that information. We're also on Twitter at onthegrindmovie. And that's where you can find that information. If you want to contact me directly, um, you can uh, email me also at onthegrindmovie at gmail.com. And I'll get your email that way. You can also contact us through the Facebook page too, and send a message through the uh, On the Grind Facebook page. So there's plenty of ways you can get in contact with us. We will have some screenings coming up soon. Right now, there's one in the works in, in December in San Diego. There's another one in the works in December in East LA at the Garage Skate Shop, and there's another one in the works in Oakland. Uh, and we're not sure if that one's going to be this next year, but we do have some screenings you can actually go to and watch the movie too. But right now, try to catch it on TV if you can. And if you want a DVD, just send us a message, and we'll try to figure out how we can ship that out to you. All right. Well, well, thank you for that, and um, we look forward again um, to having you on again. And so um, expect, especially you, Mrs. King, to um, hear from my producer again, who will contact you, and you keep us. Uh, abreast of what's going on, and we'll be monitoring the Facebook as well. And um, thank you again. It's time to close out the show, but really appreciate you guys taking the time out today to tell your story. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Major love to everybody around the world. <laughs> All right. yes, thank you for everybody for your continued support and prayers. We definitely need it. Thank you so much. That's awesome. And All stay, right. stay together, stay strong, and save a life. All right. Good words. Well, we're coming to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and also for Kenneth Mansell for helping put all this together. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Mercy, mercy me. Things ain't what they used to be, no. Things ain't what they used to be. We we, us, that's you and me, we have got to be different, we can't stay the same, we have got to enlighten every member of the game. In this game of life there's too much strife, there's too much hurt, there's too much hate, everyone's perceptions cloud the debate. 
right and wrong, wrong and right. Where is our fight? I say, let there be light. Truth first starts the healing of our pain. For us, he was slain. Ain't no time to be lame. It's time to reclaim, rebirth, and rename the game. I came to proclaim through enlightenment. And that's the only reason why I was sent and rest no more. No lies to adorn. We have to teach the kids all the reasons why. We have to teach the kids not to fall but to fly. They're killing each other, incarcerated, following the lie, mindlessly indoctrinated. Why, oh why could willing it to be the reason his ways still pleasing, his grave, his legacy still breathing our minds? Think about it, if you will, the process of thinking he did kill as he set up for generation after generation. It's still clear that we haven't recovered. Shackle in the mind, my people, shackle in the mind, it's time for a revolution. You see, I think that a revolution is the only solution to this here pollution of the mind. A revolutionary method to unwash the brain, to cleanse the stain. The revolution is the truth, we must speak the truth and live the truth. A revolutionary method to rid us of corruption, destruction. We can't stop talking about it until our people, our children are thinking about it, Thinking, thinking it all, thinking it all. Us up against the wall, our arms and legs spread tall. Y'all, can't you see the state of mind of the majority are the educated in the African American community? The majority are the enlightened in the African American community. The majority are the responsible men in the African American community. The majority is spirituality. The majority of our youth, if you can't say yes, then it's Time to be set free. Mercy, mercy me. Things ain't what they used to be. Now the radio sings the sound of fornication bound, the sound of Sodom and Gomorrah bound. Explicit lyrics of lust, lust, lust. It's okay to sing about where to lick me, where to stick me. In our society, the adults they let it be. Mercy, mercy me. For the children to see in our society, right is wrong and wrong is right. That's the song they sing with all their might. Sober is wrong and DUI is right. That's the tune they chant with all their might. Crystal to drink, that's all they think. And that dance of their minds think. Adorning nothing but a mink. Drink, 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 whore. Babylon does wink. Our society does sink into a pit of death. It stinks. When will we stop to think, think, think? But that's what they said about rock and roll, 103.9, this Jackie told. That's what replied, half past nine, to the sound of my words. Freedom of speech is what they say. Freedom to destroy the mores of yesterday. Well, uh, this is what I have to say. This is what I have to say, y'all. How far are we, how far are we willing to go? How much are we willing to show? Slippery slope, this is slippery slope. Act like we know, no righteousness we glow. I ain't willing to go on the Sodom and Gomorrah show. Does anything go? Does anything go? Does anything go? Don't say no till you open your eyes. Take a look at your world. Anything goes on the radio, practically anything goes on that videos, anything goes on those reality shows, violence cries, the video game woes, and that's why our children don't grow. Anything goes in the political game show, still the presidency is just what we know. Contradictions, truth, derelictions, responsibility and remission, it's all fiction, it's a lie. Mercy, mercy, me. Things ain't what they seem to be. No, if we don't 
grab the mic, make a plan, take a stand. This land will stand in the shoes of S and G. Can't you see that's a prophecy? Getting ourselves right with God is the only possibility of being free for eternity. If things ain't what they used to be then, when Marvin Gaye sang it, and things ain't what they used to be now, then we need to be on the ground, prostrate, let's debate what we create, what we delegate to our youth, how we relate to the truth, our walk and our gate. Let's get it straight before it's too late. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Oh, that's the end of the show. That was Nia with Mercy, Mercy Me, a.k.a. Marnie Williams. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.